is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Dr. T.J., and with me, as always, is Aaron. Hi. 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 <laughs> so today on the show, we are going to talk about something that... We've had a lot of people ask about it's something that I explain. I feel like I explain it a lot in the office um, um, to patients, people that are you know wanting information. We're going to talk about healthy fats, like what the fats, what fats are, you know what what constitutes a healthy fat versus uh, an unhealthy fat, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Because a lot of people just, I mean, we're we're inundated with commercials, and a lot of people just have a hard time differentiating what's a healthy fat. I mean, we have a, there's some commercials out there that literally, they're talking about how the fat is derived from plants. So because it's from plants, it has to be healthy, and it's just freaking margarine, <laughs> for crying out loud. I mean, what in the world are we doing? Um I, I I don't understand you know how to get away with it. and they even if you if you read the fine print on the commercial they they, they I forget exactly what it says I'm I don't I wish I'd written it down um, but it's it's something to the effect of well this isn't quite right I forget what they say <laughs> but like know. I've read it I'm like what in the world are they what are we doing here um, it's it's but just people confusing. know so little that those types of commercials work. Right. I mean, I really think that that's the issue. Yeah. In the, um, la- in the absence of knowledge, you're going to take anything that's written. Right. You know, and I think that's why we have people that, you know, are asking these questions in our office because they're like, wait, I thought that this wasn't right. And then I see a commercial on it. And we're like, yeah, no, it's not right. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, it, Correct. it's crazy. Yeah. So many people in our office, we talk about omega threes and omega sixes and omega nines. And then we, we I find myself explaining what the difference is between the, the three different types and like what that means. And people will, you know, throw out things like EPA and they think that that's an omega three and it's really not. And we're going to get in that, that into that today. It's a derivative of an omega three, but it's not actually omega threes. Um, and so, you know, I just want to, this is just kind of an educational, well, I think all of our shows are based like educational to just help people understand better what's, what's actually going on out there. But this is, this is very much in the same, same vein as that is just educating on what the difference is and what these things are. Right. Like, you know, between, I mean, saturated and unsaturated, omega-3s and omega-6s and, you know, coconut oil and canola oil, like the the differences between them and what you need to be aiming for. Right. And so that's what we're we're going to try to talk about. I mean, for it's really frustrating because fats are basically vilified in the standard American, you know, dietary guidelines as like pro heart disease, they cause heart disease and cause all these problems. And that's based on false faulty information. It's based on Ansel Keys who I mean there've been numerous people that have talked about how that what he wrote about and the and the connections that he drew between saturated fat and heart disease is just not accurate. Um, it's not representative of what's really truly going on. Well, and also I think that the that fats in general, I mean you know, and that's really why we're going to talk about it is that you can't lump them into one category because, yeah, certain fats are bad. Yeah. I mean, and they really will hurt you. But there are also fats that you absolutely need to function 
properly to be able to heal and to be able for your brain to function. I mean, there are some that are super important. And I think that's where we want to make sure that we are kind of going through and saying, okay, this is what you need to focus on and this is what you need to stay away from because they can have vastly different effects in the body. Yeah. And in fact, the the human body, we... The human body prefers to burn fat as fuel. Now, there are situations where you get into where you will burn sugar as fuel. What this is basically saying, what I'm saying by this is, like, just physiologically, we have this process um, called beta oxidation. It's the Krebs cycle if you're, if you're really wanting to get into the physiology of what's going on. The Krebs cycle is responsible for manufacturing uh a 36 ATP or energy molecules for our body. And that's when we're burning, you know, fat as fuel with plenty of oxygen. When we don't have oxygen and we have to burn sugar as fuel, we get two ATP. There's a big difference. The human body just inherently is set up to burn fat as fuel. And then we have people that are like, that are say diabetic. Diabetics have their own inborn physiologic problems with that when they get diabetes. This is something that can be corrected. But diabetics, they flip the switch and they're actually burning sugar more frequently than they're burning fat. And a lot of them don't actually have the nutrients that are necessary to burn fat because they flip the switch on and they're, they're wanting to be sugar burning, which is why they crave sugars, they eat sugar, then the sugar crashes, and then they crave sugar, and they eat sugar, and the sugar, you know, they get the sugar high, and then it crashes. And that's how why it's hard to get diabetics out of that cycle. That's exactly right. It's an addictive cycle. Yeah. And so you have to load them up with things. And like things like sugar cravings, the, the stuff that stops sugar cravings is healthy fats. If you've get, got enough fat in your diet, you're not going to crave sugar pretty much regarding anything. Right. You're not going to want sugar after a meal. You're not going to want sugar, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon because you've got that afternoon slump. You're just not going to. That's not going to happen. Well, I mean, and it's not that you won't like sugar. You won't crave it. There's a difference, right? right? right. You know, I mean, like I, you know, it's not like I think cookies taste bad because I don't. But well, that's true. There's not, you know, like I don't have times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I really have to, you know, eat something sweet right now and. That's the difference. And I know we've done shows on this before about, you know, kind of vilifying those who are overweight and how we need to get past that. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, that makes a difference is what your cravings are, because, I right. mean, there are physiological reasons why you're eating something different than the person next to you. Right. So if we dive into this and talk about the different types of fats, fats are are a macronutrient. And what we're talking about with macronutrients, we're talking about fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. And I oversimplify this for patients. I say, this is what I tell patients. Remember, when you're eating a food, all food falls in one of three categories. It's either meat or protein, fat on that meat, with a few exceptions of things like um, olive oil, right? There's a, there's a few exceptions. Or it's a carbohydrate. That's it. So it's either a protein, a fat, which is typically fat on that protein, or it's a sugar. And people start to realize, oh, wait, you mean, this? I especially have this talk to our patients that have, you know, a 24-ounce smoothie every day. I'm like, you're just a carbitarian right there. All that is is a ton and ton and ton and ton of sugar. You know, where's the fat that you're putting in there? Where's where's the protein? Where where are you getting the these other macronutrients? You're just loading yourself up with sugar. Well, and, and the other thing that where at times when it comes up is when, 
you know, people are like, well, I want to do, you know, no carb and I'm trying to, you know, cut out our carbs. Well, vegetables are carbs. I mean, there are reasons why we need carbs. I mean, so we always say, you know, for the most part, um, you know, focus more on slow carbs than no carbs. Um, You know, we don't want like the fast burning carbohydrates like sugar and white flour and, you know, the things that we know are going to, you know, go through our body really quickly. But the you know, things like vegetables are not bad carbohydrates. Yeah. So basically, what, when we're talking about fats, um, fats are lipids. Um, they are made up of atoms of carbon and hydrogen. And these these things may or may not be connected by um, a, a double bond or, or two things holding the, the carbon atoms together. So when we when we really get into the science of this stuff, what's what we really are left with are typically three major categories of fats. You're left with saturated fats, you're left with monounsaturated fats, or polyunsaturated fats. And pretty much every food um, that contains fats has different percentages of these things. You're not just typically they're not just one type of fat or the other. It's a, it's a it's a varying um, amount. But then there's a there's a fourth kind, um, and some some foods contain this fourth kind. This fourth kind of fat is called a trans fat, um, and trans fats happen both naturally. There are natural trans fats, like conjugated linoleic acid is a uh, or linolenic acid is a is a uh, is a is a um, trans fat, but also. Um, trans fats can be artificial, and so that gets into you know some other fats that you know are used for frying and things that aren't necessarily good or or anything for you. And for the most part, you've if you've heard about trans fats, you've been told to avoid trans fats at all cost. Um, they're not good for you. And a lot of a lot of places, a lot of foods have have removed trans fats because you know a varying legislative moves or things that have tried to eliminate um, such unhealthy fats from from the American diet. But let's start by by talking about saturated fats. So saturated fats, chemically, um, from, a, from a chemical structure, they do not have any double bond between the carbon atoms, meaning their carbons are completely saturated with hydrogen atoms. That's what saturated fat means. It means it's saturated with hydrogen atoms. And so what you're left with is this very straight structure that allows the molecules to pack really, really close together. That's the reason, chemically, why saturated fats, things like butter or lard or beef tallow, that's why they're solid at room temperature. That's the explanation of what a saturated fat is. Now, the fact that these saturated fats are are the way they are is what makes them really good for cooking because they don't – the oxidative damage that happens when you cook at high heat – doesn't happen to a saturated fat, or it's much less likely to happen to a saturated fat. Um, so we've got to take a break. I, I could just keep going talking about these different fats, and uh, I'm excited because we've got a few more segments to go here. Um, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking about saturated fats, and then we're going to get into the monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123. 
And welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're just tuning in today, on the show we are talking about um, different types of fats. And before the break, we had um, talked about how, oh gosh, what all did we talk about? We really kind of talked about how um, fats have been vilified um, in the standard American diet and right. how they've and how been. how some are bad and some are and, uh, yeah, really good. Yeah, and some are really good. And saturated fats really take a beating um, and have taken a beating for a while as being, you know, are you know falsely accused of being the reason that we have heart disease and all this stuff. It's just it's just not accurate. And I started talking about saturated fats and what that means. And I explained that saturated fats are are saturated because, and they 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 are called saturated because what they are is they're they're carbon molecules that are saturated with hydrogen atoms, and so. That's what causes them to be packed tightly together. It's what causes them to be solid at room temperature. Um, and it was, it's what makes them be um, such a, a great source of cooking oils. Um, things like, and the saturated examples of that would be things like um, butter, lard, beef tallow. Um, those are, those are, saturated, are saturated fats. Now, saturated fats themselves are broken down into three different categories. There are long-chain saturated fats, uh, medium-chain saturated fats, and short-chain saturated fats. So long-chain fats are mostly found in the milk and the meat of ruminant or grazing animals, things like cattle and sheep. Um, They're basically the core structural fats in the human body as well. There's 75-ish, maybe 80% of the fatty acids in most of our cells in our body, and they're the main source of energy storage. It's the form in which we store energy in the body is in long-chain fats. So when we when we consume excess amounts, we will store that energy as a long-chain saturated fat. Okay, Examples of long-chain saturated fats would be, oh gosh, um, stearic acid is one, um, palmitic acid is one, and another one is um, uh, myristic uh, uh, fat um, or myristic acid. And then we're now shifting gears a minute, medium-chain saturated fats. This one has actually gotten quite a bit of traction. Um, MC. MCT oil would be is a medium chain triglyceride, so it's a medium chain fat. Um, these saturated fats are um, things like lauric acid, capric acid, caprylic acid, um, and even caproic acid. Mainly, these things are found in like coconut milk. They're also found in breast milk. But the thing about medium chain saturated fats is they metabolize completely differently in the human body. Our body doesn't have to work to absorb them. They don't have to have bile acids to break them down. They just pass directly into the liver via the portal vein. And that may be over the head for most of you. Just know that you absorb these suckers just straight. You don't have to, you don't have to work to bring these things into the cell. And so these things are really, really easily digestible. So that makes them a very, very good source of energy. And then there's things like... Um, Lauric acid, for instance, lauric acid is is very good at killing um, 
bugs. It's good. It's very antibacterial. It's antiviral. It's antioxidant. Lauric acid is like the main component of things like monolaurin. Um, and if any of you out there, all of you people that are have have taken um, things like monolaurin to help fight off a, a virus or a bug or anything like that, or if you've looked at your suppl- bottles of supplements that are designed to help the immune system fight, you know, bacteria or or viruses, a lot of times those combo um, products contain things like lauric acid or monolaurin in them, um, but this medium chain fats also help our body burn fat and so the the result of this is you end up forming ketones and the brain can use these ketones as fuel so it's it's really it's really kind of cool what mct oils can do and mct oils i mean one of the most famous um uses of mct Oil would be um, using uh, making things like uh, bulletproof coffee that was made famous right. by Dave Asprey. Um, is they he talks about that. If you follow him at all, um, they he will you know he explains and goes into why you use MCT oil and why why you put this fat in the in the body. Um, but you know you can look up bulletproof co- bulletproof coffee yourself and uh, and see the the benefits of of using something like that, especially for things like weight gain and giving yourself lots of energy first thing in the morning. Um, and then lastly, the the last saturated fat to talk about is a short chain saturated fat. Now. Uh, this this would be things like butyric acid, um, propionic acid, and acetic acid. Now, I th- I throw that out there. They're they're not very common. Um, there you might get a little bit of butyric acid um, if you consume butter and ghee, but it's just not something that's very common. Actually, the gut is what makes these short chain fatty acids. Um, they happen when the good bacteria in our gut ferment fiber. Um, in the colon, and then our our good ba- our good bacteria will then use those short chain fatty acids as fuel. Um, they're very important for signaling or uh, you know cell communication. And then this butyric acid is actually a source of energy for cells that line the gut. Now, little caveat: if if you're a patient of ours, um, you've you've probably we've had this had this conversation before. But butyric acid is a thing that's tested in the stool test that we use in our office. Um, we, we look at this substance called butyrate. And if you have low levels of inbutyrate, you're going to have gut dysfunction. You're going to have low levels of short-chain fatty acids. And when you put butyric acid back in, we, we warn our patients when we supplement with butyric acid because... Like it's like I said a minute ago that there's amounts of butyric acid in butter and ghee. Butyric acid is is a not a very good smelling supplement. It kind of smells like rotten milk. Um, that's just the nature of that beast. And I know that you're, some of you are out there listening going, "Oh no, please don't let me be low in butyric acid." Um, while it may smell terrible, your gut loves it, um, and it really helps. Um, the communication of of the various cells in the body by making sure that you have enough butyric acid um, going on in the gut. Um, well, and like we've talked about, you know, so many times before, so many health problems are connected to the gut. So, you know, it's really important that those cells are able to communicate, right? Um, yes. So it's 
Well, and that's where, I mean, if you if you talk about gut health, you're talking about making sure that we manufacture neurotransmitters right. properly, making sure that our immune system is functioning properly because the vast majority of neurotransmitters are made in our gut. The vast majority of our immune system is sitting at, hanging out right in our gut. So, right, so it's super important. Yeah, it's it's how our body communicates. It's and it's how our body defends itself. And so we it's you're right, it's super important. All right. So that's enough about fats. Uh, or saturated fats, rather. <laughs> like, the whole show is dedicated more. to fats. You have a lot more to say about Ta- Well, fats. we're done, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week. Uh, <laughs> so, um, We're going on to unsaturated fats. Yeah, we're, we're going to switch gears and, and go on to unsaturated fats. So monounsaturated fats, mono um, meaning one. Right, so they're monounsaturated, and we're going to talk about polyunsaturated. And, and polyunsaturated, yeah. yeah. So monounsaturated means that there's that it's one unsaturated. So basically that means that it has one double bond in their structure. So we've got all these carbons in there, and one of the carbons is hooked to another carbon by by two links, not just one. Um, and so that's that's what's going on. And so that means that they have this single kink in their structure. And that one little kink in their structure means that they're likely going to be liquid at room temperature. Um, but the problem is this double bond is susceptible to oxidation and so anything that can damage it, things like light, heat, oxygen, can cause, can cause issues with that. So our monounsaturated fats would be things like oleic acid. And oleic acid is stuff that's in olives, avocados. Um, there are some meats that have oleic acid. Um, some types of nuts, uh, especially like macadamia nuts, are high in oleic acid. And so, you know... Saturated fats are, are similar to to or monounsaturated fats are similar to saturated fats because they they form the core structural fats of the body, and they're not toxic even at super high doses. Okay, but monounsaturated fats are really the only fats that fat phobic organizations out there, like the American Heart Association. No offense, American Heart Association, um, and and fat friendly groups, people like the Atkins diet. Um, it's the one that they agree on that are completely healthy. They can they everybody comes together and says monounsaturated fats are good. You know the the American Heart Association is against a saturated fat, whereas Adkins Group is is for a saturated fat. And the same the same is true with polyunsaturated fats. They they argue back and forth about which one's right, but everyone agrees on monounsaturated fats, and they're they're. There's been tons of research on monounsaturated fats. They have very beneficial effects on cardiovascular disease markers. So looking at things like reducing your LDL or your, or your quote, bad cholesterol, they help to reduce triglycerides. They help to increase, increase your HDL cholesterol or your good cholesterol. They decrease these things called oxidized LDLs or these damaged LDL particles that are causing that create all kinds of of crazy damage in the body. Um, typically, your standard you know, primary care doctor or even conventionally trained cardiologist, for the most part, they're not testing things like oxidized LDLs. Um, most, well, I say most, a lot of functional medicine doctors are going to be testing for oxidized LDLs. We definitely do. Um, that's something that's a that's a part of our standard panel when we're looking at at uh, cardiovascular health risk um, assessment, et cetera. We're paying attention to um, paying attention to oxidized LDLs. 
Um, they help to reduce inflammation, um, and they help to re- reduce blood pressure. And you know, there's information out there that suggests that they decrease the incidence of heart disease as well. So that's the one thing that we all basically agree on is that monounsaturated fats are good and good for you. Um, all right. We are... I think we should take a break here. Let's take a little break because it's a good breaking point. It's before we get into polyunsaturated fats and start talking about uh, a completely different type of fat. So when we come, we we will take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about polyunsaturated fats, and then we're going to get into omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids, and then we're going to talk a little bit about trans fats as well. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, if you're just tuning in today on the show, we are talking about fats, um, good fats, bad fats, fat fats, skinny fats, all kinds of fats. Um, so right before the break, we were talking about monounsaturated fats, um, and we explained what they are, what they do, the you know the fact that all the all the groups, whether they're you know afraid of fat or they love fat, they all agree that monounsaturated fats are healthy for a person. Um, and now we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about polyunsaturated fats. So, polyunsaturated. So, poly meaning multiple unsaturated fats. So, polyunsaturated fats they have multiple double bonds along their structure. Um, so, they are unsaturated at a bunch of or many different positions along the chain. So when they're unsaturated like that, it means that there's a lot of different kinks in their structure. So that stops them, stops the fats from being able to pack together really, really tightly. Um, and this polyunsaturated basically ensures that they're always going to be liquid at room temperature. Um, polyunsaturated fats are the most susceptible to oxidative damage during high heat cooking. Um, they so polyunsaturated fats in the body they they kind of have a couple of roles they are they affect the or they have some structural roles but they also have some regulatory roles um within the body so they help us help our cell membranes help us form our cell membranes but they also regulate some gene expression and they help in some cellular function um and so they we can further subclass polyunsaturated fats, um, and it it has to do with where the the first carbon to carbon double bond takes place, and that can be in the the third at the third carbon or at the sixth carbon, and when the double bond happens at the third carbon, that's an omega three fatty acid, and if it happens at the sixth carbon. That's the that's an omega six fatty acid. Uh, so I hope that helps you understand a little better why these things are named the way they are. So omega three fatty acids. Um, it's an omega three because the first double bond that happens between the carbons is at the third carbon in the structural chain. So you know when we draw this thing out, 
um, when, a, when a bunch of nerds get together and start drawing, you know, chemical structures out, uh, <laughs> that's how we know where we, where we put that first double bond. That's going to tell you what, what type of omega-3 or 6 it is, um, depending on where that takes place. So it, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but it really makes a big difference in what these things do and the functions that they have in the body. Um, so I want to I want to talk about these um, just a little bit because this is stuff that we test for in our office a lot, and we talk to patients about their omega three and omega six levels in their body, and most people in this country have an omega six to omega three ratio that is super super high. Um, they consume way too many. Um, omega-6s. They're just prevalent in the standard American diet. Um, so let's let's talk about these these bad guys first. Let's talk, let's talk bad news first, then we'll talk about good news. So with omega-6s, there's, there's six different types of omega-6s. Um, there's also six different types of omega-3s. Um, but we're just going to get to know, we're, we're going to talk about two of them. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is linoleic acid. Um, so it gets confusing with how these things are named. Omega-3s are linolenic acid, omega-6s are linoleic acid, and omega-9s are oleic acid. And it all sounds exactly the same. It just it's just has to do with how these things, how the naming structure that was set up way back in the day. So linoleic acid, it's the shortest omega-6 fatty acid out there. And it's essential, meaning it's an essential fatty acid, because the body can't actually produce linoleic acid. We have to get linoleic acid from the from the from the diet. The same thing is true from from omega uh, our omega threes, alpha linoleic acid. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so linoleic acid, we have to get it from foods. So. It's in small, sometimes moderate amounts in a whole bunch of different foods, um, fruits, vegetables, grains, and meat. But we get a lot of it in these industrially um, processed, um, refined oils, things like soybean oil, cottonseed oil, corn oil, safflower. These are just loaded with omega-6s. Right, sunflower oil is another one. Yeah, sunflower oil is another one. Um, and it's sad because sunflower oil is what a lot of uh, liposomal forms of, of vitamins are made from, sunflower or soy, um, just because the, there's a lot of them out there and they're much easier and, and cheaper to, to utilize. But with that being said, the, the oils, they're, they're just everywhere. I mean, if you think about it, if you look on a, like a bag of potato chips, it it will say on there, you know, cooked in soybean and or cottonseed and or corn and or safflower oil. It's because they're using all different kinds of oils. And I mean, they're just throwing stuff in in high heat vats and, and frying these things up. But they're everywhere. Um, it's they're even it's even like salad dressings and things like that. But it's it's also high in a lot of different nuts and in poultry, um, especially the dark meat um, poultry that has the skin on it. Now, if we have too much um, linoleic acid, it can cause vitamin E depletion. Um, vitamin E is an elephant. Vitamin E depletion. It causes our gut to dysfunction. It causes inflammation and can be, you know, a player in us gaining weight, 
It can be a player in liver disease, cancer, autoimmune disease, premature aging. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? This is omega-6s are the devil when we get them in high amounts. Um, now, another one, uh, something else that we that we talk about in our office and we test for is this substance called arachidonic acid. It's a little longer chain omega-6, um, and it's it's a little longer than our bodies can produce using, uh, or it can be produced rather using um, linoleic acid. So when you when you run down the 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 steps of how we process omega three and omega six fatty acids, we use the same enzymes to process omega threes and omega sixes. And partway down the chain on the omega six line, we can manufacture this stuff called arachidonic acid. When we have way too much omega sixes, we're going to make lots of arachidonic acid. Um, now, we find this stuff normally in stuff like chicken, eggs, beef, um, pork, because other animals are able to make it too. Now, arachidonic acid, um, it, it, it has some cellular, cellular signaling function that it does, but it also can act as a, as a vasodilator, um, making our blood vessels larger and reduces blood pressure. Um, we have to have it. It's important for um, our skeletal muscle to be able to grow and repair. Um, and arachidonic acid with DHA are they're very abundant acids, fatty acids in in the brain. But in high amounts, these suckers are like gasoline on a fire, and they can create you know lots and lots of problems. That's why we have to have these omega threes to balance this stuff out. Right, and way too many people are super high in omega sixes. Yeah, we 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 actually test for the ratio between omega threes and omega sixes, and the and the lab that we use they actually test arachidonic acid to EPA ratio. Now, ideally, this ratio is less than five, and We've had patients, uh, the majority of our patients, that ratio is, is 20 to 1, 40 to 1. We've even had some people up in the 60s and 70 to 1. These, trust me, these people are, you know, very, very sick. And they, some of them, one, one of them, right off the top of my head, the guy, he had no clue, didn't know why he was feeling bad. Oh, I have a good idea. <laughs> I have a very good idea that he was, you know, he needed to change uh, uh, and get some some omega threes in his in his diet. Now, switching gears a little bit and talking about omega threes. So, like I said before, there's six different types of omega threes, um, but alpha linoleic acid is the one that is the is that we'll talk about. It's the shortest, right? And this stuff, or it's it's ALA for short. So it's in plants, um, walnuts, flaxseed. And we convert ALA into into these two components, EPA and DHA. And and most uh, people will have heard of that. A lot if, of people if have you heard have, about that. You know, if you've ever supplemented with omegas, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard some about EPA and DHA. But a lot of people confuse EPA and DHA with that's omega threes. That's not omega three is the alpha linoleic acid. Um, it's the omega. It's the EPA and DHA that is the derivative. Is the derivative that's a, that comes from the the acid itself. Now it's not a huge distinction for you know when you're looking to supplement with omega threes though, right? Right. You're it, looking for EPA and DHA. Correct. You're looking for so, high amounts of EPA and yeah. DHA. So you science nerds, that's important and maybe you know fascinating for. General Us public. mere mortals. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> mere mortals. 
All right, we got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to finish up talking about uh, um, the omega threes, and then we're going to talk about um, some trans fats. All right, you're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone 314-293-8123. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, Get in there before Dave Grohl starts beating on the drums. That's what I I tried to do right there. Um, All right, so... The before the break we were talking about omega sixes and omega threes, and we had just shifted gears and started talking about omega threes, and we'd brought up that EPA and DHA, the the thing that a lot of people have heard about when when talking about omega threes. Um, a lot of the EPA and DHA, you're going to find this stuff if you're looking for it in diet. It's going to be in cold water, fatty based fish, things like salmon, mackerel, sardines, uh, anchovies. Um, but even some shellfish, oysters, and some mussels have this stuff in there too. And, you know, it's it's labeled essential, um, but it's the EPA and DHA that are responsible for all the benefits that we get from omega-3s. And there's a lot of evidence that deficiency of, of EPA and DHA is a main or a major contributing factor in our modern inflammatory disease epidemic that we're dealing with and all this chronic disease that that is just, you know, seven of the top 10 causes of death are from chronic disease. And a lot of it has to, excuse me, a lot of it has to do with our deficiency in EPA and DHA. And like there's, there's lots of research that even goes into like just small amounts, very modest amounts of EPA and DHA being consumed in the diet we're talking 200 to 500 milligrams per day, which is a very, very small amount, reduces heart disease deaths by 35%. That is better than what statin therapy does for reducing heart disease death. Wow. Yeah, 35% just by just by getting a tiny little amount of EPA and DHA every single day. And now DHA is essential for proper brain function, um, any of you guys out there taking, you know, they're playing contact sports, parents, your kids are playing, you know, soccer and volleyball and even cheerleading where you could fall and bump your head, anything like that football, they need to be taking high amounts of DHA. There's a lot of studies on rats that talk about the rats fed much higher doses of DHA. It's, it's protective of their brain and they don't show as many, ev- much evidence of, of damage from concussions when they're saturated in DHA. So little clinical pearl here at the end of the show. Make sure you uh, are getting plenty of DHA in the diet. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that happens out there is there's a misconception that we can get enough omega-3s just by taking flax oil or eating plants. Um, Yes, we can convert some of the some of this um, ALA into EPA and DHA, but it's it's less than five percent um, gets converted into EPA, and less than a half a percent gets converted into DHA, and even that 
it's that's that's provided that someone has perfect levels of things like vitamin B and zinc and iron and has a properly functioning gut and doesn't have hormone imbalances and doesn't have all these other things going on. So if you have those issues, your conversion rate's lower. And it's going to be lower if you're vegetarian, if you're elderly, or you're chronically ill. Like all of these things play a role in how we're able to convert this stuff. And the body, we're not very good at converting even when we're the healthiest. So it's a good idea to get these things from diet if we're if we're wanting to. Um, and there's they're showing that, you know, some of these guys are doing research back in the paleo era, paleolithic area. Um, they they figured out that people were getting around 450 to 500 milligrams um, per day. Now Americans are getting like 90 milligrams per day. I mean, it's just tiny amounts in comparison. So. I mean, we we evolved with this stuff. I mean, we we need to you know not rely on the our body's ability to convert this stuff. We we need to consume it, um, and then you know your requirement, your individual requirement for omega threes is going to depend on how high your omega sixes are. If you have super high levels of omega sixes, taking one fish oil pill a day is not going to help you. You're going to need like ten. Well, and it also if omegas. Uh threes are really it's really important to get a high quality supplement i mean you have to and yeah and do not go to sam's and get an enormous thing of fish oil no offense sam's i mean but they're bad i mean if you look at the amount of epa and dha in there the ratio is bad the um and the amounts are it's just and ridiculous. they're probably rancid right and you get fish burps i mean yeah. we hear that all the yeah. time you gotta love the fish burps yeah, it's it's it matters. You want to you want a pure triglyceride backbone. You don't want esters. You don't want all this other stuff that goes into fish oils. You want to have a pure triglyceride backbone. You're you're going to pay a little money for these things, but trust me, they are so worth it yes. when you take good quality fish oils. You shouldn't burp them. You won't have any issues with that. Um, if you do, you probably have some digestive issues with fats. You right. probably need help digesting fats, which is another a whole other thing in and of itself. We can help you with that too. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about trans fats. We got just a couple of minutes here. Trans fats, they get a bad rap. Um, there are there are two different kinds. There's natural and artificial. Naturally occurring trans fats um, happen um, when the bacteria they, they happen in the bacteria of our, our grazing animals, things like cows and sheep, like we talked about earlier. Um, so there, there's this stuff, conjugated linoleic acid or CLA is a natural trans fat. Um, we find this in grass-fed animal meats. Um, it's in dairy. And uh, there's tiny amounts in grain-fed, but it's, it is there. Um, but our, our, um, our bodies produce it. We convert um, some other naturally occur- occurring trans fats um, as well. So it, the, the CLA, or conjugated linoleic acid, it's associated with lower risk of heart disease may help with managing type 2 diabetes um, by by helping with our glu- with your glucose tolerance and ins- insulin sensitivity um, and then there's even a little bit of research out there that suggests that it helps to reduce body fat and promotes weight loss but these artificial trans fats they're they're a little bit different chemical structure than our natural but the these tiny little differences are just major when it comes to what it does in the body. They increase the risk of cancer, heart disease, obesity, inflammatory conditions, and it doesn't take very much of them to do it. Tiny doses just skyrocket your risk. Um, and like the cardiovascular health just, just is 
pummeling to the body. I mean, they they damage the lining of your blood vessels. They increase the number of LDL uh, cholesterol particles. It decreases your good cholesterol, decreases your HDL cholesterol. It reduces your ability to convert short-chain fatty acids into the longer-chain omega-3s. It's just bad. I've heard it referred to as the quintessential junk food. It's just no benefit. There's no role for them in, in, in a human, and they just cause massive amounts of damage. We made it through. That's a, that's a lot of information on fats. Yeah, it was. It was very heavy, very, uh, very, very thought-provoking, I think. No, wink, wink. Um, it's just a lot of information. I, I hope that clears it up. Um, I'm going to send tons of my patients. I'm going to be like, hey, go listen to this podcast. That's going to explain more to you about fats than you ever thought possible. You're going to understand fats better. You're going to know what's going on. And that's the objective of this show is just to provide information to people. So if you want more information, visit our website, theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. Call us, follow us on, on our socials, um, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Our phone number, if you want to call, 314-293-8123. Shoot us an email. Tell us what you think. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast. Comment. We, we love to hear from you. If you got show ideas, let us know. Um, but that's about all the time we have. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. Wellness 101 has been brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your destination for functional medicine in St. Louis. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123. Learn